I've been asked to say right at the top, the enemy stand user in these episodes is implied to be a child predator. And also, the whole middle part of the fight is a child first learning what horny is. <sighs> these fucking episodes. Buster kept me out of handcuffs. This is Bizarre Podcast. Dogs must die. My name is Grant. You can call him Chip. And we are talking about the Sets Alessi fight, episodes 32 and 33 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders. Now, before when I was just like, man, every stand fight in the second <laughs> half is a banger. This is the one where I'm just like, okay, mm, it's got cool bits, but also it's either feels a bit like a fever dream you've ha mm -hmm. you know had or... Uh, it, it's, you know, however you, you watch like a TV show or something. And sometimes there's that episode that f I think police story, whatever that show is called, had an episode titled the writer's barely disguised fetish <laughs> that could apply to this episode. Maybe. I don't know. This is a weird one. <laughs> this one is, it's just weird. It's just weird. <laughs> I think it, it falls short of bizarre. It's just weird. Yeah. So we, we start with the, the narrator making a grand declaration of, let's rewind a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just weird off the bat because, yeah, we're, we're rewinding back to what was happening uh, in the previous two-parter, but now we're seeing what was going on with Jotaro and Polnareff. Which is not a uh, perspective we were lacking. We checked in on them yeah. a bunch of times. Yeah, we saw them doing shit, and by doing shit, I mean just kind of waiting. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, it's just weird off the start because we're seeing these three little girls playing like on the road right next to Jotaro and, and, and Polnareff. And mm -hmm. these three little girls are so weird looking. <laughs> like there have been children in JoJo's before and they look like children. But these three little girls are fucking weird looking. They are, are playing. I mean, not quite playing house. They're... <laughs> They're playing Tennessee Williams House. They're like mixing <laughs> drinks and, and giving each other highballs. Yeah, and talking about how their their husbands are away. <laughs> it's a very adult game of tea party, but uh, also they are playing in the mud. So all of their their snacks and their drinks are just mud pies and, and cups full of mud. Yeah. So Polnareff is looking over there, thinking that is the weirdest scotch and soda I have ever seen. That looks <laughs> gross. And yeah, they're just watching that, and then. Jotaro just finally thinks, okay, it's been long enough. I think the others mm -hmm. are probably in a stand fight. Let's go find them. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he, he checks his watch and it's almost nine. Just like uh, at the conclusion of the fight, Joseph said it was just after nine. Mm -hmm. uh -huh -huh. Yeah. So like these are presented in parallel, but they're only barely overlap, actually. Ba barely, barely. They're going to, to find the rest of the gang. They, they tell Iggy to follow them, and he follows them for about 10 steps and then just fucks off. And they're just yeah, like, ah, whatever, yeah. he'll come back. <laughs> so then uh, Alessi, as introduced in last week's button, he's got these very distinct, very colorful lensed uh, uh, glasses. He's got the jingle bells hanging out of his hair. He looks like a parody of a fashion designer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, this is the bad guy in Zoolander 3, but the E <laughs> is replaced with the 3. That's how they do the title. Oh, That's yeah. It. They would do that, yeah. 
this guy is slowly pursuing Jotaro and Polnareff here, but stops because a a fourth kid, a little boy, has come to play with the the, the girls. Has his own mud spoon ready and bucket. Uh, he came prepared, man. You you don't play mud spoons without the proper equipment. Yeah, and this kid accidentally, like this kid, bumps into Alessi and and gets knocked over. Alessi crouches down and and starts talking to this little boy, like, "Hey, are you okay?" Uh, and he he has this this phrase he says all the time, which is "atta boy." I think that's what it is in the English dub, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Both dub and sub. Every translation uh, is, is "atta boy." Yeah, and he says it constantly he says it to be comforting he says it to be intimidating he, yeah. he says it sarcastically any way you can say it he says it mm-hmm. he's asking this little boy all these questions like oh how old are you okay you're four where's your dad where's your mom all this stuff and once he knows that like there's no like guardians or anyone for this kid nearby he just fucking goes insane mad that there's apparently mud in his pants they look clean to me and just starts screaming about how he's gonna beat the shit out of this kid and so he he does <laughs> like the camera pans away but you can hear him like just decking this kid like two or three times severe severe mood swings because his initial uh, uh affect is one of care and concern like hey hey guy you're mm-hmm. all a bunch of unsupervised children playing next to what could be a very busy road this seems not great but but really yeah he just wants to kick the shit out of the kid yeah at the drop of a hat so uh, now we get introduced to both Alessi and uh, his stand, Set. The the card art for Set is also in landscape. Mm-hmm. Two in a row. Is that a coincidence? Is that the beginning of the new standard? We shall see. <laughs> Set is the god of deserts, storms, disorder, violence, and foreigners. Hmm. Uh, Set is depicted as a, a man with the head of a creature known only as the Set animal because it is not a real animal. <laughs> It's kind of like kind of bird-like, I guess. The, the set animal, because it is not a real animal, uh, uh, its depictions change over the years. Yeah, Iraqis is sort of like a bird with an aardvark snout yeah. and uh, uh, some weird ears. One of Set's major characteristics is his forceful, potent, and indiscriminate sexuality. Whoa. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's he's one of the big gods with a lot of stories in e- Egyptian, you know, mythology. He stole Horus's eye. He had his testicles stolen by Horus, so I guess they're <laughs> even there. Damn, okay. Uh, he killed and chopped up Osiris, Horus's dad. He became sort of the villainous god in later practice because a- as part of his domain as god of foreigners because that was a period in history where foreigners were very dangerous to mm. to the Egyptian empire. So okay. their god becomes the bad guy god. <laughs> right. Alessi is, is introducing himself in his, his stand here. He's talking about while Mariah is fighting uh, Avdol and Joseph that he's going to go after Polnareff and Jotaro. And, mm-hmm. like, this is only the second time where we've had, like, two stand users going at once. But instead of double teaming, they're trying to, like, split the party in half and, and take yeah, it out that yeah. way. It's a, it's a divide and conquer strategy. Yeah. yeah. But Polnareff and Jotaro go back to their hotel room, just go looking for Joseph and Avdol, and they're not there. And for once, they're actually like, this is probably bad and very suspicious. <laughs> they're definitely in a fight now. Mm-hmm. It's only taken, like... A dozen fights to learn this, but they're they've they've gotten there. So Iggy is just walking around. He sees some good sandwiches or whatever this guy's got, 
just some random yeah. dude steals that and and stumbles upon going through an alley uh the when you very... say steals a sandwich he jumps over <laughs> 10 times his height to grab a sandwich out of a man's hand he's really talented <laughs> this is he's not even using his stand to do any of this shit imagine how much food he can steal with that <laughs> but as he's running away with the sandwich he just stumbles upon the very end of the mariah fight and just kind of watches and then leaves he, he knows they got it it's it's cool he's just gonna eat his sandwich in peace yeah they don't need any more yeah. assistance but jotaro and polnareff walking around town looking for their buds alessi is Maybe like 20 steps behind them looking incredibly evil. And for once, Polnareff is observant enough to turn around and go, hey, this guy hey, looks really evil. You look really evil. And he says, nah, I'm not evil. I'm looking for change I dropped. My loving non-evil parents gave me these baby blues. <laughs> Jotaro has not heard this happening behind him. So he's just kept walking forward as Polnareff turns around to confront Alessi and go, hey, prove to me that you're not a stand user. And just pulls out Silver Chariot immediately to stab this dude. Which, like, yeah, for once, yeah, man. Nip it in the bud. <laughs> it, it's a good test because, like, if he doesn't flinch, it might very well be because he can't see the sword coming for yeah. his face. So he's not a stand user. Okay. However, Jojo could bluff this oh, yeah. like nobody's business. <laughs> Unflinching that boy. And so Polnareff goes in for a, a, a stab. As he does this, Alessi sends out his stand set, which is, again, like it, it was introduced in the end of the previous episode. It's just a shadow, but with like physical eyeballs on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it just stretches out. His shadow just stretches out really far. Polnareff leaps to, to avoid it and, and gets out of the way. This is where Alessi just turns around and just fucking books it. <laughs> So, so we get a long-running POV shot for uh, of Polnareff chasing him through the street, and and you notice the scale is a little off. In fact, it's mm -hmm. suddenly shifting as things go on, and and the the camera, the point of view camera, is getting lower and lower, and uh, uh, Polnareff's voice is getting higher. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it, like so many things, it is obvious to the viewer long before it is obvious to, to Jean-Pierre Polnareff, but he has become a child. Yep. He's like a, like a five-year-old or something like that, or four-year-old maybe? He's like seven at, at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. He gets younger later, but yeah, he's, he is a child, and uh, he, he meets the cutest dog. Oh, yeah. He meets a very realistically cute dog. Iggy is... I don't, a, a kind of cuteness that can only be on a cartoon dog. But, like, there's a real-ass dog in JoJo for once. And yeah, he looks cute. <laughs> Polnareff being a little kid, not like, you know, he... You, you're in first person from his view for a little while here, getting to some hijinks here, like bumping into some mm -hmm. some adult man who gets really pissed at him and starts yelling at him. And yeah, so Polnareff as a baby, like as a seven-year-old or whatever, has... Basically the same hair, just not quite as tall, and he's got one <laughs> big buck tooth. It's adorable. You know what he doesn't have? What? Nostrils. Yeah, he doesn't have nostrils. He just has a bump for a nose. It's very disturbing how how often you should see nostrils and they're not there. It's <laughs> he looks real creepy. Yeah. 
Uh, he's also the only kid on the block with pierced ears. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's he's also just like running around in you know the outfit he was wearing. So because Polnareff was fucking massive, he's just swimming in these clothes now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He comes across Jotaro, who just does not recognize him. Come on, man. This is still obviously <laughs> Polnareff. <laughs> but but while he recognizes Jojo, he cannot recall the name. Mm-hmm. See, not only is he physically regressing to, ch- to childhood, he's mentally regressing and forgetting everything he's learned bit by bit from that age on. Yeah. Which, to be fair, shouldn't take long in this case. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not much else he learned. So, yeah, Jotaro's just asking young Polnareff, like, hey, have you seen this dude? Huge and, and buff and... Okay, no? Okay, yeah, bye. Alessi catches up with him again. Mm -hmm. So Alessi's MO uh, is that he loves to beat up children. Um, (laughs) The the show rephrases this as, I love to pick on the weak. The Mm -hmm. original manga, if I remember correctly, was straight up just more like, hey, I love picking on children. I love beating up children. So he got real lucky with his, his stand power to make children, not in the usual way. But <laughs> yeah, to make adults into children so that he can beat them up. Yeah. And this is kind of like what I was mentioning at the end of the previous podcast. I can't quite remember. I haven't been able to check out the manga yet, but I could have sworn the original version of this fight was a little more like not just, hey, I love to beat up children, but like, hey, I'm a child predator and I love to beat up children. He's got the vibe, the way he only really speaks to children and the way he speaks to children. Mm. It's very like, come on, let me give you confidence. The very comforting and flattering tone of attaboy, like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, mm." yeah, it it is super that. And I think the anime tried to change that a bit. So it's more just like less a little less child predatory and a little more of nothing going on. Yeah. Jotaro is is starting to leave as Alessi is uh, just straight up kicking child Polnareff real hard. <laughs> and, by the, and Jotaro like hears something going on, but he turns around and sees nothing. So he just fucking leaves. As we see, Jotaro has been kicked so hard that he has crashed into the wooden ceiling above him in this alleyway and is just stuck in between all these wooden rafters. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So yes, Polnareff, Polnareff is uh, uh, wedged in these rafters. Yeah. And so Alessi does the only thing he can do. He can't kick that high. What he does do is grab a gun, just a regular yeah. ass gun to point at a kid. Yeah, he like he puts a silencer on it first, but mm-hmm. and then, yeah, with no hesitation, just starts. He just rapid fires off like five rounds, almost point blank at this kid. So it's a lucky thing for us that Polnareff had a stand even at this mm-hmm. age. Uh, a silver tricycle i guess because because we get like a, a little chibi silver chariot he's pretty cute he's pretty cute he's, he makes a cute little baby noise and with incredible uh, uh supernatural speed uses his little baby rapier with a, a little like a, a blunted nubby on the end <laughs> yeah <laughs> to to uh, uh deflect all of these bullets but uh, he's still a baby stand and not nearly as strong as he would eventually grow up to be. So uh, uh, the, the sword is is bent horribly, which is also pretty cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's blocking all these bullets, Alessi just goes like, all right, that's not going to work. I'm going to. And so he just opens up the other side of his jacket and pulls out a fucking axe. <laughs> Yes, yes. All right. The- he has axe straps sewn into the lining of his jacket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
now that he's holding an axe, his stand also has an axe. Yeah, the shadow axe. And so his... My his, favorite fictional horse, shadow axe. Uh, his shadow is slowly extending and growing and like going from the ground up onto the wall and getting taller and taller as it's... The, the shadow's hand that's holding its axe actually comes out of the ground is like three-dimensional uh and is getting closer and closer to polnareff the angles and the perspective on uh the flat shadow coming out into a three-dimensional shadow holding this axe it's always twisted uh uh, in a way that makes it you know very clear to read Mm -hmm. but also just spatially wrong and a little unnerving yeah like it cheats it cheats toward creepy and also clearly readable yeah for as how just kind of weird the the later parts of this this fight are i still really really like the set stand it's just cool looking yeah yeah and like it's ability even of just like you touch the shadow or get near the shadow and it just rewinds you age-wise is also cool mm-hmm mm-hmm it makes you wonder if it wasn't used by someone who just loves kicking kids. Like, could he turn a building into a pile of, like, yeah. unmixed cement, you know? What all can he do? Yeah. But as his shadow is approaching Polnareff, he he swings at Silver Chariot. Silver Chariot tries to block, and it just snaps, like, most of its rapier off. But it goes flying <laughs> and, like, just lodging itself almost into the jugular of Alessi. He's incredibly unlucky as he screams and writhes in pain on the floor, bleeding a lot, A whole lot. Course. A whole lot. So much. And Polnareff does not just steal the gun and shoot him. <laughs> yeah. Instead, he, he, he's able to unlodge himself from the ceiling, and he starts crawling away. As the instant he rounds the corner out of the alley, uh, encounters a very beautiful woman. Who uh, is also very comforting and notices like, hey, you're real fucked up. You got beat up a <laughs> you're lot. Bleeding, I gotta child. take care of yeah. you. She has no reason to believe that he does not have a guardian nearby. Yeah. She's just the world's kindest kidnapper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is where it starts to get a little weird. Uh, this is where it starts to get a little weird. Oh, this is where it gets incredibly weird. Yeah. You know, Alessi's out out for the count for a second here because he's all fucked up. Polnareff gets picked up like piggyback ride style on this lady and is immediately just like, wow, this lady smells good. (laughs) And, and okay, well, it's time to clean up this bloody child. I guess that means it's time for naked bath time with the hot boob lady, Mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. the the child and, hmm... (laughs) Uh, it's just a scene of this child Polnareff looking at the camera, like looking up this hot lady's skirt, basically. And oh, man, it's quit it. The way it goes from a child predator character. Yeah. To now, now the place of safety. Ah, but is it really safe when they're just doing a stock porn plot? Yeah. Like, if Polnareff was his own age, like, this is one step less cliche than the pizza man. (laughs) Like, oh, we got to take care of you. Oh. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So So he gets dressed for the bath, which is to say entirely undressed. Yeah, remember how we had that episode, a couple fucking Death 13 fight, where I was just like, hey, you just straight up see some baby dick in this one. Guess what? You get to see lots of baby Polnareff dick, and I hate it. (laughs) They they try to 
mine some some comedy in this from the the incongruity between this character who still has some like unconscious vague memories of being an adult yeah. and his childlike reality and what i mean by that is lines like it's so small i don't know why but for some reason that makes me really sad yeah i should be embarrassed but i don't know why <laughs> yeah it's it just comes off as a really weird fetish somebody has. Yep. Mm, can't wait to be age regressed and taken care of by a buxom, beautiful woman who bathes me. Like, what in the fuck is <laughs> what? Uh, and a little bit of self-service dick humiliation. Just, yes. just God, <laughs> it's so weird. It, it, like, it's ah, like the only reason why I don't think this is a, a fetish as Iraqis is that this specific situation never happens again in JoJo. And if it were, <laughs> he would figure out ways to have more age regression weird shit, but he doesn't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so yeah, she is completely oblivious to, to this boy who is of two minds about the whole situation. Yeah. Like, it's, it's very awkward, the, the mix of carrying mommy stuff, but also there's a part of my brain that is a big old horn dog. Yeah. It's fucking weird uh she she really should have taken him to a doctor rather than play doctor yeah we, we eventually get polnareff in the bath and finally there's some physical violence i am so relieved <laughs> I, just a big sigh of relief yeah. as polnareff is drowned by alessi <laughs> yeah like even before this while the all this weird shit's happening like alessi's shadow is slowly extending out from the bat the closed bathroom door we can only assume this woman has been uh, cut in half by a, a, a axe. Yeah. That's cool. Cool. All right. Yeah, Alessi's just in the room, and it, we, we get our cliffhanger here as the axe is just swinging down on, on Child Polnareff's head. So that brings us to episode 33, Sets Alessi Part 2. Uh, we start with... Uh, a previously on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap, mm -hmm. uh, which goes to show that this is another one of those fights that would have been an episode and a half if you were just doing it straight through. Yeah, especially like if you didn't, if you took out the scene, which is just Iggy stumbling on the very end of the Mar Mariah fight. Mm -hmm. That adds like an extra minute to the episode. So yeah, Alessi's just straight up trying to drown Polnareff in the tub now, just holding him under the water. Silver Chariot has been uh, held at bay because the axe has swung down on its hand and is just like pinning it in place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and thankfully, Polnareff is... Oh, God, right. Polnareff fucking takes a shit in the bathtub. I forgot about this. Yeah, that's looked at how he notes. gets out of this that's one. That's how he gets out of this. There, there's something just like coded into people you know through through culture or whatever that you, you don't harm kids kids are precious kids are to be kept safe and like seeing the blood gushing out of Polnareff's wrist yeah and like mixing in with the bath water in the way that you've seen in any given shark movie yeah uh, uh that's like really fucked up engaging imagery and the way they get out of it is he just pops a floater in in the tub and it hits alessi's arm and he freaks out yeah i think the poop is censored kind of it's 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 a black silhouette they just paint black over it. yeah yeah it, it's censored in the exact way we talked about uh, uh jonathan's carotid artery <laughs> yeah way back when where you see everything clearly because the the we're only just changing the color value of the object yeah. sticking directly to the outline of the object and like this makes me wonder, because like okay, that was censored. The the baby dick isn't. 
How was this episode censored on American television when it aired on Toonami? I don't know. <laughs> because this this isn't like... It's in so many shots. Or maybe his poop is just black. He might just have black poops. Yeah, may- maybe. Maybe he's got some, some problems there. <laughs> but my girlfriend just tweeted overhearing Chip recording commentary for the Alessi episode of JoJo. I feel like if someone didn't know the context and heard this, they'd alert authorities. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. This is, a weird, this is a weird set of episodes, man. I hate it. Um, you know, like we talked about before how, you know, okay, there's cultural differences between, you know, America and, and Japan regarding like child nudity and stuff like that and like there are times that happen in like Dragon Ball and when that would air on Toonami it was just like oh Master Roshi's cane was in the way in every shot so and that was it but mm-hmm, there are mm-hmm. so many shots of full frontal naked child polnareff it's like i don't know how you censor that without just straight up going like you know what it's just pixelated yeah yeah we'll, we'll just put sets axe in front of him in every single shot i don't know yeah, uh, Alessi freaked, freaking out from the the poop has you know stepped back and allowed Polnareff to get out of the tub, and he's just shout- Alessi's just shouting, "Do you have no basic human decency?" <laughs> so so Polnareff gets free. Alessi is a chump. You you cause him any sort of pain or discomfort, he loses all focus. Mm-hmm. You, you get the sense that he loves to beat up kids because they're the only people he can beat up. Yeah, you know. Polnareff escapes and he finds he finds an empty room. He he's looking for for this woman that is caring for him. Uh, uh the, this you know innocent bystander in the middle of a stand fight that's never going to turn out well. Mm-hmm. And he can't find her and he can't find her until he finds the the sort of gown her her, her like slip dress that that she was wearing because yeah she was disrobing too mm-hmm. for shared bath time. Of course she mm-hmm. was. Uh, but inside it is what's left of her, a fetus, a fetus <laughs> yeah. at roughly around the 10 week uh, stage of development. Yeah, she was in the presence of, of set for so long that she's just a tiny fetus. This is spooky. That's spooky to me. I like I It's pretty spooky. I, I like this. That's that's a very scary like stand ability that like you can just get turned into a fucking fetus by this thing if if you're <laughs> like that's that's a creepy thing. Obviously like scares the shit out of Polnareff mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's he grabs the this dress with the, the fetus in it and tries to run away with it, but he comes into contact with with Set again. Like and he's never physically touched it. He has just like he has jumped over it a couple times now and just mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. like ha- just having your own shadow overlapping with it is enough to r- rewind you so yeah polnareff is very quickly becoming younger even more now he's now around three yeah so so he's even smaller even more vulnerable he still had silver chariot he had a stand back when he was three yep. and Rather than this, I would like to see a flashback story and see what kind of Dennis the Menace ass <laughs> mischief Polnareff got up to with a stand at age three. Yeah, like if if you're born with a stand, you probably don't even know that you have it and are just accidentally using it. Like, <laughs> was he accidentally stabbing stuff as a three year old? I mean, I guess all the time, <laughs> all the time, all the time. I guess his stand, Silver Chariot, back then did have like a little, like a little safety guard on the tip of the rapier. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like for fencing instead of for killing. Yeah, yeah. some a, a detail I notice as Polnareff like scoops up the, this dress mm-hmm. as sort of like a nest for the fetus <laughs> to run away and rescue is that her slip had padded cups. Really, <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. 
I don't think. No, no, no. <laughs> I do not believe she was wearing a built-in wonder bra. But but now that's that's the way it's drawn. Yeah. Uh, uh, very very pillowy uh, as he he carries this garment in his hands. Polnareff is about three now, getting chased by Alessi, and he's able to run into a different room and find a key for the door very quickly and lock it. Mm-hmm. However, that means he's locked in. Yeah. He, he's bought himself time, but not escape, because the window is barred mm-hmm. with big iron bars, and because whatever force makes stands happen still has some sensibility to it, mm-hmm. uh, a silver chariot at age three is not powerful enough to break these iron bars. Yes. Uh, I like I just like the attention to detail of Polnareff trying to squeeze through the bars and like he can get his head through the bars and that's it. But because his hair is still so big, it's getting like parted halfway through by the bar. (laughs) I like Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. So Alessi, as a big angry guy with an axe, we got to do the shining reference. We got to do it. Yep, They do it. So he's chopping through the door in order to like reach a hand through and, and get to the, the handle. And inside there is no visible polnareff. Mm-hmm. Instead, he he narrows down some like candidates for hiding places where one might find a polnareff. Perhaps inside a teddy bear, inside an overturned like play bucket for going to the beach, mm-hmm. inside the drawer in the side table. <laughs> He plays let's make a deal with himself to kill a baby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is the baby I'm going to kill behind door number two? I do kind of like this aspect of the fight of like so many fights in JoJo are won through like some some clever thinking or something. But that's going to be way harder when you have the mental abilities of a three-year-old now. (laughs) (laughs) Even still, this three-year-old Polnareff is pretty smart for a three-year-old. But I think it's because Alessi is such an idiot because the first hiding place he strikes with his axe <laughs> is not the bucket, is not the drawer. It's a clock hanging on the How wall. How is a baby going to fit in a clock? Where's the baby going? Did you forget how big a three-year-old is? <laughs> Did you forget how much stuff is inside a grandfather clock? Yeah. The natural hiding spot is is the, the space where the pendulum swings behind a glass door, fully visible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, he has trashed absolutely everything in this room, and he's still not finding Polnareff. And he's starting to sweat and thinking to himself, like, damn, I got outsmarted by a toddler. And there's only one thing he hasn't smashed in the room, which is this little aquarium. But, you mm-hmm. know, with like a, a ball floating in the top. You know how some people decorate their fish tanks with basketballs floating on top? Uh Uh-huh. You know, obviously, Polnareff can't be hiding in there because it's transparent. You know, there's fish swimming in there and that's it. But he takes a closer look at the aquarium and a fish, one of the fish in there kind of like turns and does a 180 and then it suddenly disappears. And as Alessi's very confused by this, the, the little ball in the aquarium turns around and it's got two holes, eye holes cut in it. For Polnareff, mm-hmm. be- from behind this this little ball, Silver Chariot pops out and just stabs Alessi clean through the nose, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like in through one nostril and out the other, and just starts slicing up his face and all this shit. So we we've learned a trick from our enemies. Mm-hmm. I mean, Polnareff knew about this as a child. I don't know how he didn't see it coming from uh, uh mm-hmm. from Arabia Fats. <laughs> Classic JoJo villain, Arabia Fats. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he has to explain the, the mirror trick 
uh, that he set up using a diagram that looks like Boingo drew it. Actually. Yeah, it's got the same art style, the weird... A little bit, like like a, a pared down version of yeah. it, but yeah. So yeah, he, yeah, he, he straight up just had a mirror in the aquarium in front of him, halfway into the aquarium that he was hiding behind. Why didn't it reflect the room or Alessi himself? Don't sweat don't it. Know. I don't know. I don't know. Unless he's gotten his face all fucked up by Baby Silver Chariot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he, he starts running away the instant he actually gets harmed and, and just jumps out of a window and lands back out on the street right in front of Jotaro, who, who's just been walking around looking for basically everybody now. He's all alone. You know, Jotaro, obviously very suspicious of this guy who's all fucked up and jumped out of a second story window or whatever. Yeah, he's asking around trying to find Polnareff now. And he's like, hey, kid. You look kind of like the guy I'm looking mm-hmm. for. And Polnareff still, like, recognizes Jojo as, as trustworthy, as safe as, like, his deliverance, but cannot remember his name. Yeah. But he does manage to warn Jojo to, to jump out the way of the shadow. And he does, just in time to only be reduced to seven years old <laughs> when Alessi attacks him, rather than to, to be fetusized, I guess. Yeah. The the climax of this fight here is that, okay, Alessi's going to beat up the seven-year-old Jotaro now. Do we finally get to meet good boy Jojo? When, when did when did it happen? Yeah, because like, like, see, we've seen pictures of a younger teenage Jotaro, and he looked like a ni- nice boy back then. Are we regressing to nice boy Jojo? No, we are not. We are not. He was actually a violent shithead, even at age seven, apparently. Yeah, maybe, maybe nice boy Jotaro was a phase he had as a, as a early teen. And he was also <laughs> a bad boy when before, like, preteen. Because Alessi goes to beat up this young Jotaro, and the seven-year-old Jotaro just decks him across the face really hard. Wearing giant clothes. Yeah. It's the funniest thing. Yeah, and, like, because as a seven-year-old, he didn't have a stand yet. So he just does the punch rush aura aura that, his, that Star Platinum usually does. And he just beats the shit out of Alessi, like, as a super powerful seven seven-year-old mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a pretty decent punchline yeah 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 i mean yeah the, the dude that loves to beat up kids because they're the only people he can beat up meet a kid that could beat him up yeah. that that works that's <laughs> yeah that is a solid story shape yeah now that he's knocked out uh it is time for everyone to wake up everybody ages back up including this woman in her uh, uh home where she was left for like safekeeping mm-hmm. And she finds, well, she finds a lot of hazy memories that she believes are a dream, but then starts to think they're real when she finds Polnareff's lost earring Mm. on the floor. Whoa. Can we please not have this be a thing? (laughs) I never want to see her again just because, like, the flash forward, like, Daddy, tell us how you met Mommy. That's a bad story. Bad, bad story. Very bad story. Yeah, she she's remembering like, oh, what a heroic heart this little boy had while I was a fetus, I think. Was that a dream? Hmm. <laughs> I remember everything except the age regression part, which would be such a crazy idea. I would laugh in the face of anyone who mentioned yeah, it. And like Polnareff's thinking about this lady, too, and thinking like, what an amazing woman. <laughs> they they do meet. She runs out of the house. And I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> Like, they make eye contact, and they almost recognize each other, and they're blushing and all this stuff, and they have to say goodbye. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, Ponus is like, no, I didn't see this kid. I have no idea who you're talking about. Goodbye. <laughs> it's just so weird. Let's never speak of this again, please. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So eventually, our two halves uh, meet up 
Iggy's there too. He wanders into the group shot and they're like, okay, time to crack our knuckles and and find out uh, where Dio is in specific. Mm -hmm. Now that we're close, perhaps Hermit Purple will will give us a a higher def image with my Polaroid karate chopping powers. Time to bring back the classics. Mm Uh, all of the strangers in this cafe are staring at Joseph as he does this, and they have the best expressions. Yeah, this is the second time now, and it's like, you think they would learn that, like, don't karate chop a camera in a cafe. Everyone's going to be confused by that. You're always making a scene. Oh, like they care what other people say? <laughs> I guess that's Come true. On. They don't give a fuck at this point, yeah. They are self-assured monster hunters, and it's time to hunt this the monster known as Dio inside, bum, 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 <sighs> a building. Okay. Yeah, they just got a picture yeah. of the building he is in in Cairo, so it's narrowed down mm-hmm. a bit there, but still, good luck. Yeah, I mean, you'd expect it to be like, I don't know, the Sphinx or something cool. It's just a building. Yeah, just just hiding out a building. It's, it's distinct, you know, it's not an anonymous building, but it's just a building. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, we end in that cliffhanger of them having the, this, the picture of this building Dio is, is hiding in. I want to bring up, uh, when I first watched this episode with Voidberger years ago, there was something we wanted to have happen so bad as the climax of this. Like, having baby Jotaro be super strong, that's pretty funny, that's good. But imagine, imagine if Joseph came back, and because he's so old, he gets aged down <laughs> to fucking young Joseph. <laughs> And he does, like, the clacker ball shit one more time or something. That would have been so good. Yeah, yeah. And, like, just like uh, uh, JoJo, he'd be standless. But, hey, he's been standless before. Yeah, he would just do a bunch of the, the classics one more time. And that would have been sick. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's even um, David Production, who who makes the anime, they actually made, like, a... They tweeted out when this episode came out the first time, like a joke storyboard they wrote of like, yeah, young Joseph is here and he's ready to fight now. They could have like, okay, they are going for a very accurate uh, uh, adaptation, but imagine if they they just went for it yeah. and they did that as a one episode version of this fight mm-hmm. and swatch, they, they swapped their JoJo's and I feel like... The Bastet fight would have had very little different about it (laughs) if it were Jotaro instead of Joseph. Yeah, yeah. Like that final strategy and also the 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 range issue would have been like you don't have to change much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just the the fan service having young Joseph back one more time would have been so good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, this is the the one fight in the second half that I guess is kind of just kind of a weird one. It's got cool aspects to it, but I don't know. There's just something weird <laughs> about like, it. I don't think I, I don't think Set's power is used to its potential. Yeah, it could have been more interesting. And Baby Polnareff, I think, is handled well. Is fun to watch. Hmm. However, I don't think the the child predator vibes coming off of a. Uh, uh, Alessi are fun to watch nah. and even when they're toned down it kind of makes it worse because he's just a, a nothing nobody yeah yeah like you were you were talking about earlier you know how would the the power of set you know work on say buildings or stuff like that like there's stuff they could have done there where you know okay like sure you lock the door or whatever but he just ages the door and it just like dissolves or you know he could just yeah yeah the doorknob turns into a lump of ore and just falls <laughs> out of the hole yeah like you know how the door turns into a tree and he just walks around <laughs> it. yeah 
I feel like there's so much more they could have done with that power. And it's like, I almost wish somebody would come back in a later JoJo with a similar power that's used to a greater extent because it's a really cool idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just advancing time and whatever your shadow touches. Like, But instead, it's mostly just a guy who wants to beat up children and he's got an axe. Watch out. <laughs> He just makes his target softer so he can beat him up more easily because actually he's a just a super weak guy. I mean, it's a very complimentary stand to like the personality of the guy, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, and just... Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with like having, ha- having a bystander have like a touching moment with one of our heroes when they're not themselves. Mm-hmm. So we get, you, you construct this star-crossed lovers thing. Cool, great. Take the baby dick out. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, e- even if it was a, a different sort of caring, even if it's, you know, she, she's just like doing antiseptic and bandages, just take the bath time out, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah, totally. It's- she can even draw the bath, we just don't get in it, and then Alessi drowns him anyway. Tiny changes, tiny changes to make it seem less like some fucked up wish fulfillment uh, yeah. uh, on somebody's part. So, uh, move. Yeah, it's, it is just the, the strangest thing. And not in the way I like in JoJo. I don't want to be in your head. I don't want to be in this part of your head, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's probably the two episodes of JoJo we've gone through the quickest. I don't know. <laughs> Just rip that band-aid off. Get me out of here and get me to the next two-parter, Darby the Gambler, which is really fucking good. (laughs) The next two-parter, oh man, I love this one. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just a a weird one. (laughs) It's a weird one. It's a weird it's, one. It's similar to the strength fight for me, but maybe worse because in the in the strength fight, it's just like, please stop showing this twelve year old girl's ass in every. Sh- stop that. Quit it. I want to see yeah. the orangutan. Yeah. Look at him. But like, there, there's nothing about that baked into anything else. It, it is an excisable issue. Yeah, they didn't, but they could have. Yeah. <laughs> what what sort of traits? do you think could have been given to Alessi rather than uh, uh, what they incompletely tried to remove? Gosh, how do you, how do you fix this? Y- you know, they, they did the shining shot and shit and it's just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Could you turn him? Could you have turned him into more of like a slasher villain? Like a, just a full <laughs> on just slasher movie homage or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like, okay. He, he preys on children. He turns people into children so he can prey on children. Mm-hmm. But instead of the, the very uncomfortable and disturbing real life implications, just go full, like a fairy tale with it. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's a Hansel and Gretel witch, but as a dude that looks like that you know (laughs) yeah he wants to fuck with kids just because he wants to fuck with kids yeah the width has to be important as yeah i (laughs) it's a load-bearing width yeah and i i feel like yeah you'd have to change his personality a bit because he still definitely comes off as like a child predator even when they try to soften that stuff honestly maybe even change his character design because there's some elements of his design that also scream like here's a weird dude who wants to prey on kids Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's the weird glasses the fact that he's got this weird pink striped shirt with suspenders and he's got like multiple fanny packs on him there's just something about his design and the way he carries himself that's just like this is a child predator watch out (laughs) stranger danger (laughs) like but yeah maybe if you just go whole in on that like fairy tale stuff that that could have worked mm-hmm, mm-hmm. his stand is now a gingerbread house yes yes 
I mean, his shadow is kind of shaped like a gingerbread man. A little like, bit. It's very simple shapes. Yeah. With like a triangle on his head. Yeah. Uh, Alessi is named for the Alessi Brothers mm. from the, the 70s and 80s, a, a US R&B pop duo. Okay. Very minor career. Like, n- none of these song titles are ringing a bell for me, but there you go. Yeah. F- because it is something that's not so obvious as, say, Shaka Khan being split <laughs> into two people. Yeah. I felt we should mention it, unlike, say, Shaka Khan being so obvious, I didn't think we had to mention mm-hmm. it. <laughs> it is always fun when you get references to groups that existed while the manga was being made, but are just completely irrelevant now. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes you get to learn about a, a band you've never, ever heard of. They had a song in Ghostbusters. Congratulations. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, yes, like you mentioned, we will be covering the next two episodes next week, Darby the Gambler. Mm-hmm. Neither Gambler nor Darby is an Egyptian god, so we are, are changing up some, some conventions. Yeah, yeah. We, we Ex- Excited to see how that goes. Like, even though there's kind of a change up in naming conventions in the next couple of, of parts here, I still believe they're Egyptian god stands. <laughs> they're just not in the title for some mm-hmm. reason. Yeah, I'm very excited for the next two-parter. It's... I mean, they, they introduced this would be a set of nine stands, and we have seen six of them so mm-hmm. far. Yeah, the, this next two-parter. One of my favorites, I think. It's, it's just really Yeah, fun. yeah. Next episode, see you then. To be continued. Mm-hmm.